I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Let's go! Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against them completely. A lot of clever people involved in this, people who yeah. have made their money through not being stupid. Well, ultimately, it's a money-making scheme, and I think a, a lot of it is based upon mismanagement of certain clubs who know that they're in such a deep hole financially. The only way they can claw some money back is create something new, something different, to try and bring in even more money than what they're getting. What they're getting. The Whole Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and John Hartson. Call now and voice your opinion 0808 1717 Well if a week was a long time in politics 24 hours has seen European football turn on its head Joe Glazer in the last few moments has apologised to Manchester United fans this morning John W Henry said sorry to LFC supporters Liverpool Football Club yet it looks as though the dream for the Super League in its first form is gone Almost everyone out, all six English clubs, have said no. In the studio tonight, we've got one half of Hunter and Hockey. It's Lord Willie Hockey joining us on the programme tonight. Great football fan, investor in football as well. And also at Queen's Park, Willie, congratulations. Champions of the second division. Thank you very much, Paul. We'll be talking about that during the programme. Barry Ferguson, we've got a full card as well tonight. Rangers in action against, well, who else? St. Johnson. Yep, looking forward to it. Um, Obviously, as you just mentioned there, they've got them in the quarterfinals at the weekend, um, but... It's great to see um, Lord Wally Hockey. He's been in for the yeah. last half hour and I've not yeah. got a word in. He's just <laughs> constantly smoke, but great yeah. to see him. And we have with us as well John Hartson. John, how are you? I'm After well. Sunday, it was a difficult day for you. Emotional appeal from you about what's gone wrong at Celtic. Any word yet and who's going to be the manager? Well, no, I, I believe still it, it's still um, Eddie Howe who's the target. It's just that, you know, it's just the silence, I think, is, is, is the problem. Uh, they just obviously they want to get all the nuts and bolts tied down, I suppose, before they actually make the 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 initial statement. I think it came out a few weeks ago that he was going to be uh, he was going to be sort of appointed on a certain day. It never happened. So I think before Celtic make that statement again, I think they want to get it clear, done and dusted before anything comes out to in the public domain. What would you think? Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. You can speak to Willie Hockey, Barry Ferguson, and John Hartson on an evening when well we've got two six o'clock kickoffs: Hamilton against Motherwell, and how huge is that game for Ackies? Hibs against Livingston, and then at seven. St. Johnson against Rangers. Also on tonight, Ross County against St. Mirren and uh, Kilmarnock, Dundee United. Aberdeen against Celtic. Willie, can you believe that uh, Scott Brown, his last game there for Celtic, but not his last game at Pataudry? Yeah, it would be strange. i seen the Aberdeen manager was hoping and praying that he wouldn't be playing tonight, but yeah. uh, I'm sure if, if Scott is playing, he'll be, he'll be trying his hardest for, for a victory for Celtic. I said about a week in politics and all the rest, you know exactly what I was uh, talking about there in football, Willie. So last night we heard Rob and Davey and Stephen talking about it and it looks to be all over, but is this going away forever, the, uh, the changes in European football? I think something as seismic as what they were proposing is certainly gone for good... Um, 
I thought it was uh, ironic to watch uh, Florin Perez doing the, you know, the the, <coughs> the actual announcement of the league live from the Bernabeu last yeah. night. And a lot of people are saying it's a bit greed, and it is a bit greed. But more importantly, it's more about this is the cover up for the worst financial management of some of the biggest clubs in the world. Is it that bad? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, seven of the clubs of the nine are in there have combined debts of seven point five billion. 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 I mean, who could imagine that Barcelona today would have debt of one point two billion pound? Real Madrid not far behind, you know, nine hundred million. They were in a situation, you know, last eighteen months ago they had to sell. They had to actually sell their best player because they were under so much pressure. So for me, it's it's a bit rich. That, uh, that he is telling us it's all because of he's out to save football and and, and to be fair Real Madrid I think should take 80% of the blame for the state of the financial mess that football is in because Why? They, well they started it all you know, for 40-50 years they've been playing way over the odds but they really took it to a whole new level with the last Galacticus yeah. You know, so that that set the bar, and everyone else then follows. You know, thereafter, but uh, I don't think that we'll see anything this size. And also, I'm a strong belief that after they've done this, they shouldn't get away with it. Mm-hmm. Right? There should be sanctions. What should 100%. they do? Well, I don't know what they could do, yeah. but I can, I can guarantee you that uh, I think UEFA are ready to hand PSG the European Cup next week. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah, they refused to join it, so the, the whole French league stayed out. Yeah, it's an interesting one in PSG because yeah. um, someone said to me last night, which someone I hadn't thought about, that uh, probably the reason that they didn't run is because of the Qatari ownership and the threat to the World Cup from UEFA mm. and FIFA. Right. From FIFA. So that's yeah. an interesting twist in mm-hmm. that. But I think that we should use this and everyone's mm. united and I, I have to say I think Gary Neville should get a lot of credit Wow! because I think he yes. set the bar he was the first with a mic and a camera in front of him and he didn't miss and everybody else followed thereafter so he kind of set the tone for what everybody was thinking how courageous he was oh, unbelievable yeah. and to be fair I mean he was talking about his, yeah. his own employer that's right yeah. you know, he was talking about what happened when the Premier League was formed and everyone mm. else so, so that was that was refreshing but I hope that football across the world uses this as a way of resetting because financing football has got completely out of hand and hopefully that we can, you know, we can't have players getting £600,000 a week and happy to be on the golf course and not playing. Of course. That's... uh... That's one of the problems and we've got two great former footballers with us. In fact, John, it's one of your uh, old clubs, Arsenal, who are at the heart of it. Barry, you played in the Premier League in England and of course at Rangers and we want players to do well. But the mess at Ozil and what was he on? 400 grand a week, didn't kick a ball. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of getting fat again. Um, (laughs) Try and get another contract. Um, Look, listen, I've not got a problem with players earning great money but as Willie just pointed out, Players are actually happy to sit in the bench. Players are ha- actually happy to sit in the stand. Can you believe um, that? As a professional, you want to play. If you're on the bench, you're unhappy. You go and work even harder on the training ground to make sure you get in that starting eleven. That's what. Um, that's what you want to do as a, a footballer. You want to play games of football. But nowadays, you're seeing with the contracts that are getting handed out, players are actually happy to sit in the sidelines. John, when you were at Arsenal, I don't know, was it 10,000, a week? I remember hearing these figures and thinking, a week? It's phenomenal. Yeah. And <clears throat> maybe you don't mind that at that time for the top players, yeah. but yeah. not for average players. Are young players coming through who've hardly kicked a ball and it's about what they might do in the future, but they're already multi-millionaires. That must be tough for the players, you, you know, to, well, to have the right co- attitude. Well, agents are running the game, Paul. Yeah, right. Right, we all know that. Agents are running the game at this moment in time. 
um, if a player is up, if a player's contract is up, an agent will go to Man City and say, "Look, what are you prepared to pay me?" And then if he goes to Manchester, if he goes and speaks to Manchester United, he'll say to Manchester United, "By the way, what are you prepa- prepared to pay me as an agent?" Whoever pays the agent the most, generally, the, the agent then goes to the player. I think, by the way, if say for instance, if it was Man City, you wanted to pay the agent more, he'd say, "By the way, I think Man City's the club for you." Mm-hmm. They've told me they're going to play into you. They're going to build a team around. This is what happens, yeah. you know. This this is this is a side of football now. All the all the top clubs with all the biggest, uh, the richest owners, and they will they will be sucked in by the agents because they want success for their clubs and they will pay the biggest players the biggest wages. Yeah. Unfortunately, but, that's the way the game is now. It's 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 so inflated in terms of the money spent in terms of um, on players and agents fees. And a lot of these clubs' owners, don't tell me they support these clubs. No. They don't know nothing about the traditions and the values of these football clubs, you know, and, and being 130 years old and starting mm. at the bottom and making their way up. They yeah. just don't know. And they'll tell you that they've got a link, a brother-in-law or a sister-in-law yeah. 20 years ago that was born in Liverpool and that's why I bought the club. It's a load of nonsense. They're no. just doing this for pure greed. But there's over £7 billion of debt in these top clubs, Willie. So what's going to happen then? Because... They have to make money to get the players, to get the fans. I think they just have to start saying no mm-hmm. to, to this game that's being played, as John said. You know, agents do it, clubs do it. I think what they have to do is... That, and I think UEFA is really going to have to increase the, the, the parameters in regards to fair play. You know, the, the, the system in the States where the league own all the players, so there's no transfer fees. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't pay for a player, whatever, but you can take care of it. And salary caps... I think it's. Uh, I think for players just now, they should be getting paid what they're worth. But what you're, what we're going to be left with is nothing for the people coming behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're getting to the tipping point, I think. And it's great that all the fans are up in arms, right? Yep. But the same fans are chanting for sack the board and sack the manager if you're not having yeah. success. Yep. So I, I, I said this this morning in an interview. Football is the worst business in the world. Because it's the only business that you can't build on success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you win a European Cup this mm-hmm. year, they want to know why you didn't win it last year. Mm-hmm. You know, next year, sorry. Mm-hmm. And no, look at Liverpool. Of course. Right. Yep. World champions, European champions. And there's a wee tickle that people are not happy because Klopp has gone through, you know, a bad spell. I don't think there was any chance of Liverpool fans wanted to rid of Klopp, by no. the way. But, <laughs> but what's happened now is because of the money that players are getting paid... There's a lack of respect and there's a lack of empathy with the fans to the players. Mm-hmm. Right? It used to be back in the day in the great Lisbon lines, whatever, the guys there would be getting maybe £20 a week more than the average guy that was coming supporting them. Mm. Now yeah. people are getting, it's off the scale, you know, £20 million a year, the, the latest uh, contract, um, Kevin De Bruyne just yeah, signed, yeah. and, yep. and he'd done the daily sale, £84 million for four do, years. I saw that, no do, you think, yep. do you think salary caps the way ahead? I think it's the only way that you can get control. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only way. The way it's going at the moment, it's um, you know they're talking about the money for the boy Haaland. Mm-hmm. You know, so yep. you know maybe paying two hundred million for him, and I'm getting thirty five million a year. You could almost say the same as well for contracts with managers. Mm-hmm. Remember, sev- remember several years ago, Alan Pardew had a seven-year contract right. at Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle. Yeah. 
I'd be going home and saying to my wife, yeah. do you know what, love, they could sack me tomorrow. Of course. they got to give me five million. Mm. We, go, we, we go yep. around the world on a cruise, I'll reinvent myself, I'll go and watch a bit of Barcelona, sure. I'll come back and um, we'll get, I'll get another job. Mm. Willie, do you think that you're... That seems to have been, go, yep. doesn't it? It's nonsense, yep. seven-year contract. Yep. But good luck to him, if you're offered it, then you take it, and I know we, we realise that. Is UEFA going to be strong enough? Are there going to be enough people who come together to say we need to sort out the governance then of, of football? This is a big test for them. If they think that the problem has gone, that now mm-hmm. that all the problem has moved to them because people are watching to see what they do, right? Where is the sanctions? What are you going to do? We're not going to roll over. Now, it looks like they're definitely not going to roll over for we're calling them the big six. It's yeah. interesting. It was called the Super League, you know, Spurs hadn't won the league for over 60 years. <laughs> Liverpool once in 33 years. Yeah. You know, Bayern, I, think, I believe someone said when they were asked to join, they says, what's super about it? Right, yeah. so I, I think that for me, UEFA and FIFA have to... Now, I've, I've got to say, I'm not completely happy UEFA and FIFA. No. You know, the corruption, the things that went on for yeah. the last 25 yeah. years. How yeah. can guys get that so rich being an administrator? Yeah. So I think that they've got a, that they've got a bit of a gripe but I think trying to take control, get all the money we can. There's a good pyramid system where some of it, you know, filters down. Not not maybe as much as should filter down, but I think that we have to have a look at all aspects of the finances of football. Yeah. And here in Scotland, people inevitably say, is this a threat or an opportunity to the old firm? So Rangers, the champions, Celtic, also in the Champions League qualifiers. What does it mean for us here? Is there an opportunity if change comes or in the new expanded uh, Champions League? If we're back talking about the potential of getting into the English Premier League, I doubt it very much. It's not going to happen. No, no. Turkeys won't vote for Christmas early um, and they've got a fantastic pyramid system and I'd see where you can fit in in that. I think there may be opportunities now for Celtic Rangers with the with the new formats that are talking about in Europe, and I think we were I think they were quite happy the way that was going. So there was going to be you know in the the Europa League league championship yep. they were trying to have a you were guaranteed eight games or ten games like ten so, games so, yeah. in the Champions League. So that, would six, have been, yep. that would have been great for Celtic and Rangers. Mm. So I've got no doubt that that um, for Scottish football, if things go the way we think they're going, that things should be better. What do you think at home? Give us a call or in the car 0808 17 17 700. Special edition in the first hour of the programme tonight in the sunshine here in Glasgow. Glasgow's newest station, Go Radio with OPC Energy Limited. Barry Ferguson, the former Rangers and Scotland legend. John Hartson, Celtic, Arsenal. You've both got so many clubs uh, we could mention. Welsh International and Lord Willie Hockey, one half of Hunter and Hockey, but also the boss of City Facilities, uh, a worldwide company and the, the largest private um, employer in Scotland. You're not the largest, you're about six foot, but yeah, you've uh, got, what, how many employees? 14,000. 14,000. So. I'm definitely what you talk about a salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> we always mention a, in, a, in a Sunday morning, don't we? In fact, was it Barry that said, uh, if they really get the money, Hunter and Hockey, what do you think? Or I think it was maybe Cy earlier on. We do enjoy it. And this week... Who's, try to get me into trouble. <laughs> who, who's on this Sunday morning, Willie? Oh, um, we have a, a guest, uh, a gentleman who runs up. I don't want to give too much okay, away, but, sure. but, but uh, it'll be very interesting. Listen, it very all, interesting. Listen. It always is. And John, we love some of the anecdotes that come up from Hunter and Hockey. Some great stories. Boyd Tunnock the other week, I see he almost got lifted. The police brought him in in his smart car. Um, uh, can, can I just say, yeah? I, I passed him um, Did you? during a day. In the smart uh, car? Do you know what? I actually... I, he took the cut off where I was the next cut off. So I took the same cut off as him. Just to go and see him because you had mentioned he's mm. got the wee Tunnock's wafers, yeah, the wee yeah. signs on the back of the smart mm. car. So I seen him. 
I do like a Tannock wafer as well, by the way. Ah. Well, John, we do too, but I think Hunter and Hockey ate them. Somebody oh, did, Willie. Really? They weren't here on the Monday. Yeah, I, I left three boxes on I Sunday. Boxes. Yep. Yep. Right, okay. Well, he says here. as he wipes the coconut from his lips. <laughs> We've never seen any of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so much. People are saying, you know, the, the fans, the Liverpool fans, um, and Gary Neville, you mentioned, he was courageous. He said, look, I don't like Liverpool and I know they don't like me, but I would have expected Liverpool to think about their fans and all the rest of it. So John W. Henry came out this morning and apologised but you hear the Liverpool fans today say I want them to sell the club but if they're all in debt they're all losing money at the moment who's going to buy it? You have to think about this right think about the amount of money that the the state of Abu Dhabi has spent at Man City mm. building a world brand Roughly and, how much would you say? Oh, but, must, yeah. Over a billion pound yeah. over a billion pound easy and, and Gary Neville said on TV what they've done to the Eastlands part mm-hmm. of Manchester mm-hmm. is nothing but yeah. aston- astonishing Community, right. yeah, all over the world now, Melbourne City, all, everywhere, yeah. right? All of that in the bin in one week, mm-hmm. all of that building up a reputation mm-hmm. now, and it's all gone. So I'll tell you, it'll be interesting to find out, you know, who has been the PR advisors to this mm-hmm. group for the mm-hmm. way that they leaked it and then the way they announced it. This is a disaster, absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. We see that uh, Joe Glazier has just mm-hmm. apologised. Well, I think the Man United fans saw through him a long time ago. They did, yep. That wasn't a pun. No, I, I, we got it. <laughs> right. But, you know, they've been, yeah. from the day they took over, yeah. and you need to remember, they used the value of that club to buy it. They did. They didn't come in with their own money, you know, and say, here's 700 million, we're going to buy it. But so, people don't realise that. Not, no. not, not many people. The fans don't realise, all the great Man United fans over the years... The money they put into the club, they, they you know, they bankrolled it against that. They borrowed against that, didn't they? And, and they, they end up owning the club. There's a, there's a great story. You should you should get Sir Alex on one day and tell you the story about when when back to the the nineteen days yeah. when he was going to buy uh, Man United and he had all the players in the dressing room and they had the chance to buy Man United for ten million pounds. You're kidding! And they didn't do it. What, the Man United team? team so yes. In the days of the Beckhams and all that around about no, then? No, before, before, before that. Before okay. that. When, when, yeah. Was it Alan Knighton, the guy who ended I, up at Carlisle? Of course. I remember I, the guy who was with the ball and scored. They just signed him. Keep it up, I remember. They could have bought it for 10 million. 10 million. Crikey. Yeah. And we want to find out what it was like when you were on the board at uh, one of the big two in Glasgow. And I don't mean Queen's Park in Partick Thistle because <laughs> you're at Queen's Park now and they are the champions of the second division. We're going to speak to Leanne Dempster, the chief executive, um, later in the programme in the second hour. There's so much on tonight. Full card as well. We've just had the old firm the other day and you'd want to say well done to Rangers. You might not want to say it, Willie, but I know <laughs> you would. So many friends you have there as well. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, the job he's done this year and Douglas Park the chairman uh, you couldn't have written this could you a year ago you would not have imagined that the way Rangers would dominate this year quite remarkable the turnaround you know from Celtic being so far ahead in such a short period of time going into games where you don't think you're going to win so you know I, I think that um, that in itself you know you 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 have to say to applaud that um, that change and what they've done there obviously paid dividends. And Rangers going for the double this weekend. It's uh, on Sunday evening, isn't it? The match yep. with St. Johnson. It moves yeah. about so much, John, yep. isn't it? We're just saying what games are on today but, but, and at what but, but time. Right, yep. if, you'd, if you'd said to me when the season ended last year, was it the end uh, of March? Yep. That, that Rangers yep. would have been 20 points clear, won the league mm. at the end of, the, uh, end of March. Mm-hmm. Um, and been be so dominant throughout the season I would have looked at you in a strange way so a lot of credit has to go to the manager and the, obviously the players at Rangers We're going to take a quick break and we're back in a moment The Gory 
Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show, Wednesday evening in the sunshine of Glasgow. Is there anywhere you'd rather be, John Hartson, Barry Ferguson, Willie Hockey, than Glasgow in the sunshine? I can think of Palma, Mallorca. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you, Paul. I'm with you. Any bids on that? No, it's looking great today. The Deer Green Place. And it was the Deer Blue Place at the weekend with uh, Rangers. Well, they're on course for the double, but that's not to disrespect St. Johnson, who have the uh, the League Cup trophy. So that's uh, this weekend. And tonight, St. Johnson against Rangers, Aberdeen against Celtic. Well, Scott Brown, he'll be up at Petordry. He knows his way around. He's going to know it even better. John Kennedy has been speaking. Will he start tonight? I've absolutely no issues with it at all. Um, in terms of, I know Scott inside out. I know how he operates. Ultimate professional, you know, and regardless who he's representing, he's fully committed to anything. So I've got no uh, issues in terms of Scott approaching this game. It won't face him tonight, will it, John? No, not at all. If anything, you want to go and show the Aberdeen supporters, maybe, and Stephen Glass, that he can still carry on. He can still play at a high level. And obviously, Scott's took a, a play in coaching role up at Aberdeen. But I would imagine he's still got a good year, 18 mm. months left in him on the playing field. Of course, they'll give him opportunities to take some coaching and some mm. sessions and things like that. And the type of boy Scott is anyway, I think he'll want to play. Mm. You know, they say play as long as you can type of thing, you know, because once you stop playing, you're done then. You still miss it. Yeah. I miss no. the big occasions. Right. I, I don't yeah. miss training and everything else and going away in hotels, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I did it for 20 years, you know. I was happy with what I did. Um, but you miss the occasion. You miss arriving, you know, on the bus. You miss the dressing room, things like that. But, you know, I had my day. I was delighted. It's just yeah. about the kids now. It's about the younger ones coming through. You had some happy days in the sun. Barry, we would love Cup Final Day to be in the sunshine. And we think it should be taken away from Hamden on this occasion to let fans in. So have it at Celtic Park if it's Rangers against uh, well against someone else you still feel that way? Yeah 100% um, listen with the, the Covid situation it's opening up a bit now um, 22nd of May I'm sure the SFA uh, can find a way to, to take it to a, a neutral venue for me and get at least five, six, seven thousand 7,000 fans in um, hopefully that's that's what they're going to do but in terms of Scott Brown I, I still think there's life still left in Scott Brown's legs Um I was surprised that yeah. Celtic let him go but listen he's seen Aberdeen as an opportunity to continue playing and also get involved in the, the coaching side of things but in terms of tonight again I'm I'm with Big John I don't think he'll have a problem he's a a model professional he'll go up there and try and do his best and that's to get three points for Celtic Could you have gone to Aberdeen from Rangers captain to the Dons captain I think I know the answer <laughs> it's a bit different yeah. the old enmity between the clubs Willie we just threw that in there about Hamden and I know you um, well you wrote a cheque for two and a half million uh, to help Hamden to help the uh, the SFA what do you feel about that the cup final get the fans in have it somewhere else this year first thing I would say because it's a limited crowd we're only asking for I can't understand how it can't be at Hamden Mm. You know this rule yeah. where you, you know the the, the mm. games are coming. That would be nothing. Be nothing to mop up after the game, whatever, yeah. whatever the pitch would be, would be fine. But if we can get fans in, I'm quite happy wherever the game is played. If we can get f- football's nothing yeah. with it, fans. That's a good point. It'd be what five thousand people if we were lucky. But I've been saying all week there were three hundred people inside the crucible for the snooker. Why can't we have three thousand or five thousand outside here? And Paul, it will be full for the final. 
Yeah, in two weeks' time. Yeah, will be. Yeah, full. Oh, come on. I mean, this, yeah. pl- <laughs> surely. Everyone look after themselves, you know, wash your hands, maintain the social distance, seeing which we're doing in the studio, wear yeah. the, the mask, but come on. But Bar- but Barry, be- Barry's right, Paul, yeah. because he's he spot on. The football is top sport at any level. It is all about support yeah. and the noise and the atmosphere and, the, the you know, the elation. Um and you look at the weekend, Stephen Davis is overhead kick. Imagine if there was supporters, you know, in, in the stadium. Yep. I know there'd only been a few uh, no, of course, you know, it was at um it was at uh, Ibrox. Yeah. Can you imagine but, sorry, can you imagine it being a full house at Ibrox after when that goes in? Well, and all of a sudden well, you know, See, I was gonna ask you, John, that my respect goes to the players. I would have struggled to mm. play in empty stadiums. Mm. I've done it once. We played into Milan at the San Siro yeah. behind yeah, closed doors. Yeah. And it was it was a horrible occasion. Mm. I'm going to bring on Scott just now, a Rangers fan. Scott, good evening. Hi, guys. How much would you have loved to have been at the game on Sunday to watch that scissors kick of the bicycle kick of a 36-year-old Stephen Davis? Oh, it'd been amazing. Uh, the full this whole season being uh, not being able to be in Ibrox has been awful. Obviously, watching the telly, you can't do much. Obviously, it's. We need it needs to be done, but the fact that it has been done is annoying because mm-hmm. obviously you need, you want to be enough to see your team go unbeaten this season, but we can't. We need to do it from the couch. But hopefully you could be in for the cup final. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Willie. Why not have it at Hamden if it's only what three or five thousand? <sighs> Easy. Yeah, it takes yeah. fifty-two thousand. Scott, you're on. What do you want to say to Willie, to John, and to Barry um, about the European Super League that is not happening at the moment? It's just I feel. I think the European Super League has brought out the debate of if Rangers and Celtic should go back down to should move down south. It'll never happen, but it's brought that debate out again. And personally, I don't want it to happen because I feel probably my my biggest gripe with the Super League is what they're leaving behind in terms of big six moving to the league and leaving Everton, Leicester, Newcastle back in the Premier League with not much. And I feel like we'd do the same if Rangers and Celtic moved to the Premier League. It's a league of St Martin, St Johnson, Aberdeen. No TV deal is going to pay for that and these clubs rely on that TV money. So I feel it'd be slightly hypocritical if Rangers and Celtic fans are annoyed at this Super League but then we move and leave behind a 10-team Scottish Premiership that no one's going to watch. Scott, let's put that to Willie first of all. Scott, the only thing I would say to you is that... um, Obviously, the Premier League did survive for three years without Rangers. Mm-hmm. So, and the crowds were still as good, and the TV money didn't go down. So, it, it, you know, I don't know it'd be if both of them left, but maybe the same. If Celtic wouldn't have been in the league, it might have been the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that what happens is if you take some people, you find a level, mm-hmm. right? And then if the people want to still go and support their team, you know, I think that then the Leicesters and the you know West Ham's become the mm-hmm. top teams, and people will follow them. Mm-hmm. If if all of these Six teams, which the, the debt they were in, there's a good chance that they went defunct. Yeah. If they weren't there, the next teams would be the next six best teams. And it's not sorted yet because they no. are still in debt. So, but you don't think it will happen? You don't think that Celtic and Rangers will be going to England anyway? No chance. No chance. And why no chance? Because, because you don't get... T- well, I'll give you. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you a story. Back in Barry's time, David um, David Murray mm. at the time we thought it was a big, big story. It broke on, on Sky TV mm-hmm. that uh, Jeff Sterling was standing outside uh, Lancaster House saying, I can tell you that Celtic and Rangers will be getting into the Premier League. Celtic at that time were being courted by the people, David Dean from mm-hmm. Arsenal, yeah. who was saying, oh, there's a good chance, there's a good chance. Right. David Dean, the the the, the 20 clubs have to vote mm-hmm. for them to get in. Yeah. Right? 
The 20 clubs, yeah. including David Dean, voted no to have the vote. David yeah, Dean? David Dean. Yeah. Yeah. 20 nil. 20 yeah. nil. 20 nil it was, yeah. <laughs> so, Scott, it's not going to happen. Um, and you don't want it to happen. Barry, would you like to see Rangers play? No, in- I'll be honest with you. This Honestly, is their bread and butter. Yeah. This is their league. This is where they were, they're brought up. I, I wouldn't like to see them leave, I'll be honest with you. And listen, then another thing you've got to think of if they did move, it's going to cost fans money to travel down south, money's tight. So, no, for me, they've got to stay in their own league. Although, the way these things are based, it's mainly for TV that you'd watch, you know, you'd, you'd go to the home games, you wouldn't go to the away games. But, but what, fans love travelling away from home. Sure, yeah. They yeah. love going. British they watch Cup, their team. Maybe. Yeah. But I think Paul's a good point here. Over the last few years, Celtic Rangers have done well to, to lift the coefficient in mm-hmm. Europe. Yep. So our standing, even with the big six in and everyone else in, um, we have got a better standing in Europe than we've had for many decades. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, John? You've played England and Scotland the same as Barry. Would you like to see Celtic playing up against your old club Arsenal regularly or even a British Cup? Would there be space for that? Well, I'd, first of all, I don't think the Premier League, um, uh, I don't think they'd be too welcome in any way in terms yeah. of uh, inviting uh, Willie uh, just just explained there, you know, the situation a uh, good few years ago now when mm. the whole 20 Premier League clubs decided no um, in terms of a, a potential move down there. But I also think as well that, you know, it, Rangers and Celtic bring so much to, to, this, to Scottish football in terms of you know, not just financially, but the colour and, and, and the stadiums. Every stadium is full when Celtic and Rangers go there. Like, say, for instance, Hamilton crowds. I'm not quite sure on the crowds. If it's three or 4,000 every week and Celtic or Rangers go there, that, that pops up to seven or 8,000. You know, three quarters of the ground is full because of the away support. Livingston's exa- Livingston will rely on Hibs, Hearts, possibly next season, Hearts for sure. Celtic Rangers going mm-hmm. to Livy two or three times a year because they fill the stadium course, out, you yeah. know, and that and that then means that the the, the financially, you know, in terms of selling programmes and cups of tea, sure. all that types of stuff all goes into the pot and it means Livy can then buy or have a bigger budget Good, for the manager. Players. Yeah, so yeah. they can bring in decent players and they can compete better. Willie? Great side story to that vote, the mm. 20 nil. Yeah. The reason why Arsenal and the guys were pretending the Celtic Rangers were going to get in, all they were doing was threatening the guys at the bottom so they would take less money. And that's exactly what these guys with the Super League are hoping will happen. But unfortunately for them, the blowback is so bad, mm. there is no chance of that happening. Mm. But there is going to be change though, isn't there? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, there will there be. has to be. Yeah. If they're 7.1 billion in debt at the moment, and COVID has you know, devastated so much in life right across the world, and football has been badly affected by it. So there will be more changes in the coming months, maybe years. I think it may, obviously with the European Championships coming yep. up, everyone will be busy, but I've got no doubt after that. There's been a lot of talk anyway, there's some good changes being muted at the moment for the Champions League, but I think after that, in the next six months, I say, leading up to, you know, from the summer into Christmas, I think you'll see major changes. But I'll tell you, it won't be to the advantage of the greedy nine. <laughs> Scott, for you, how important is uh, the Invincibles? The tag, you love it now, you're only, what, four games away uh, in the league um, what do you think how how big is that for you it's not as big as the Scottish Cup yep I'd say that for I'd rather win the double sure. and lose I'd, ra- I'd rather lose tonight than lose at the weekend mm-hmm. but obviously being invincible 
no one can take that away from us as much as people have tried to can't take away from going a season unbeaten. But I will say I'd rather win I'd rather win the double and lose a league game than go invincible and just finish with a league trophy. Barry. And can I just make one yep. more point in the Super League, sorry? Uh, I, I find it funny almost that Arsenal, United and Liverpool have came out with apologies when I have zero doubt in my mind that if Man City and Chelsea didn't pull out, three of them would still be in the Super League. I think City and Chelsea were a domino effect. They haven't apologised, but I think that it's funny that you've seen Henry, you've seen, Henry you've seen Arsenal in a statement last night, you've seen the Glazers, but half an hour ago come up with an apology. But I think the apology is empty because I feel the league, if City and Chelsea didn't pull out, then Arsenal, Liverpool, United and Spurs wouldn't have pulled out either. Interesting. Uh, see, in yep. terms of the Super League, I was astonished. I, I went back home and watched the Leeds Liverpool game, and obviously they dashed Jurgen Klopp. He didn't even know anything about it. Yeah. Didn't even yep. ask yep. the the management team, the players, yep. what their thoughts were. I, I found that astonishing. But in terms of Rangers, look, the focus. Yep. I, I bet my bottom dollar here. The focus in the dressing room is the double. Look, you want to go unbeaten, but. There's a real chance um, and the full focus will go on the, the Scottish Cup game. I'm, listen, he'll make changes tonight. There's no doubt about it. He'll rest important players tonight and he'll fully focus on, which is going to be a tough set, uh, sorry, tough quarter-final against St. Johnson at the weekend. Sure is. We're going to speak about it shortly. Thanks for that call, Scott. Uh, let's go to George in Rutherglen, a Rangers fan. Good evening, George. Thanks for calling. Go. Yeah, hi, guys. How's all doing? Hi, all right? Yeah. Plenty on. Yeah, so what are you thinking about fantastic. the... Yeah, sorry. On you go. Yeah, fantastic panel you've got tonight. I just want to pick up Thank on you. something that um, your two expertise in regards to the finance department brought up, you know. Obviously, when Rangers mismanaged their, their, their finances, um, they were rightly or wrongly, what people think, they, they were put down to the low divisions and made to start again because obviously they got into a debt that was not recoverable under that, that certain time and place and circumstances of the banks going under etc yeah. um, now they did say that there will have to be changes now because of these big teams that are over obviously £7 million in debt I'm asking why, why do we have to make changes to accommodate teams that are so far in debt that it's going to interrupt other teams to try and accommodate them, I, I just don't get it, You're, their mismanagement yeah. is their own fault, at the end of the day okay. you know, let, let me put that to uh, Lord Willie Hockey Hi, George. I, I think you're you're right, and to be fair, we were not changing, and because people weren't changed, they were deciding to change themselves. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that's something that shouldn't be forgotten either. And you, you're dead right. What happened to Rangers? Maybe people think that sh- some people can argue that's what should have happened, that should not have happened, right? But if you, if you are in such a debt that, you, you, that you're going out of business, then you should have to take the consequences. But there's something interesting also I want to add. This is supposed to be it's called the Super League. It was going to be the best clubs in the world. People should never forget that Juventus have been caught cheating twice, mm-hmm. right? And relegated yep. because of it. And you should never... Anybody who gets caught at that should never be in anything that's called super. Really good point. Uh, and Seferin uh, certainly uh, called him out yesterday, yes. didn't he, in the last last couple yeah. of days. George, come back in. Yeah, what I was going to say is, it's what really gets to me, I'm not a big fan of English football. I've been on the show before, I've spoken to the, yep. the panel before. They've always been fantastic, you know. Um, I don't like what it stands for and the, the greed. And don't get me wrong... If my team are getting the same kind of finances, I'd probably be jumping on the bandwagon. You know, that's hypocrisy sure. for you. What <laughs> I don't get is the level of money they're getting, not just from the, the UK stream or Sky Sports, they're getting it all over Europe. 
and all, all over worldwide. What's happening is they cannot sustain the wages that they're paying at the moment for these players yep. on four, five hundred grand a week, and the the, the the transfers that they're doing. This is what the problem is. Yeah, and because they want to be the so-called biggest clubs in the world, they feel that they have to do it. How can a team that's almost a billion pound in debt be allowed to go out and spend a hundred and fifty, two hundred million pounds on a player? For me, that, that that's just not right. You know, what I mean, I, I couldn't do it. You know, what I mean, you, no, no other circumstances, or I think any business in the world would be allowed to do that unless they had the money to back it up. Yep. Now, obviously, the money's not there to back up those transfers and wages, and that's why they want to obviously try and escape into the the Super League route. It's- and that's why, Willie, you're saying there needs to be a change in governance, and actually, the wage cap has to come. This should be used. Is is the is the, the the tool that we need to have a readjustment in football finance across the globe? Yep, there has to be Barry. It, it, it can't go on like this. If they're over seven billion in debt and they're the top clubs, then what chance? Because the money trickles down. When is this going to stop in terms of yep. the, the the transfer fees and the wages? Is it just going to continually go up? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne yep. has just signed a new contract. What is it? Four hundred grand a week. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, I think it's a three year extension in two years time are they going to have to offer him what 600, 700 and at least, he is, another a, one? At least he is a world class player well, it's a huge amount and he did it without an agent and the agents get paid in England they get paid by the clubs don't they it's yeah. not even the players but it's like how, how do you cap it you know look at yeah. Haaland mm. now and Mbappe mm. and yep. these most sought after players in the world at the minute how do you cap it you know if somebody well, is offering Dortmund under an eighty million pound for Haaland, and somebody else is offering one hundred and ten. You know, it should be capped. No, it's but how do you do it? Dead simple. You say to all the clubs like you do in America mm. that you've got one hundred and thirty million dollars for your total wages. So if you want to bring in three guys and get them, you know, twenty five million each, and ten guys, you get them five. But that's how you do it. It's mm. a it's a total cap for your total spent for a set. It's dead easy to mm. cap. And is that what they were trying to do with this, the breakaway of the Super League? Was part of it was to get that more American style? No, I'll tell you. Yep. If you, if you, if seven of these clubs are breaking away, right, because of yep. financial mismanagement, I'm telling you, you could have given them three times the amount of money that they were promised, and they will still be bust. Mm-hmm. Because of the models that they, so it's all about being number one, being number one. Mm-hmm. So they spent more. Mm-hmm. You'd have ended up with players getting £3 million a week. We're going to have to take a quick break and then we're back. It's Willie Hockey, Barry Ferguson, John Hartson, Paul Cooney. Thanks, George, for that call. We're back in a moment. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show Wednesday evening. Loads of football on tonight as well. Rangers at St. Johnson, Celtic at Aberdeen, Hamilton. It's the Derby against Motherwell. What a record they have in recent seasons. Hibs against Livingston, Ross County against St. Mirren and Kilmarnock against Dundee United. In the studio tonight, Barry Ferguson, John Hartson and Lord Willie Hockey. Taking loads of your calls. It's on fire tonight. So many calls coming in. 0808 17 17 700. We're going to Liverpool now. Johnny, a Celtic fan from Hamilton in the line. Good evening, Johnny. Good evening, Paul. How is Liverpool? Is it sunny there tonight as well? There's obviously, it's been on fire about the Liverpool situation, but obviously they have also pulled out of the European Super League. What's it been like the past 48 hours? Yeah, I mean, I've got quite a few friends down here that are Liverpool fans and some Man United fans as well, and just widespread condemnation for it all. I mean, I think they're, they're quite pleased that the fact that it's been pulled. But my question is, 
Do you think it's been pulled temporarily? Because these clubs, the the top clubs, are all losing billions from the their, their accounts posted in, in 2020. And we've not even seen the hit that they're taking off the back of the pandemic. So, And that's under the current structure from their TV deals at the moment. Do you think they're going to come back in three to five years' time under a tweaked proposal when this European Super League rears its ugly head again? And maybe sooner than that, Willie? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. No, I think that this will be a shot across the bow of anyone who's trying to break away from UEFA or FIFA and do your own thing. I think there'll be probably uh, the workings with UEFA and FIFA talking now to the JP Morgans or whoever was going to bank this. This may open up talks, but I don't think that um, any type of breakaway without being sanctioned by two of the governing bodies is going to happen. Not no, again in the next decade. Did they just underestimate the fan power and what it means for the fabric of society in Britain and probably in some of the other countries as well? Football is the people's game. One hundred percent. And I, uh, I said earlier that you know what Gary Neville done to to and they were actually saying it in real feather. I'm saying it. Get on the street. Get active. You know, look, we need to let people know. I read today uh, and I heard an analyst on Bloomberg this morning saying that that they thought that the political pressure was what done it. Absolute nonsense. The fan pressure done that Johnny yep yeah I totally agree um, and it's been great to see everyone mobilise against it from media fans and players and managers themselves I've got another question about the, the SPFL yeah. obviously we know that finances are, are restricted here in Scotland in terms of the TV deals um, is, it, is there an idea or a potential for the SPFL to mobilise, cut out Sky and set up its own streaming platform and selling TV deals, a subscription base to fans directly to try and generate some more cash for the Scottish clubs to compete? It's a great question. It's a huge issue, Willie. They've got such huge supports all over the world, but we're in a tiny wee market here. We know that. Is this opportunity for well, Celtic Rangers? The great thing, because of COVID, they've just had a season-long pilot. Yeah. <laughs> so many people now are used to the streaming. It's great. You could watch every game. So I think this is something that I would definitely not rule out. And it may be now. I do believe that the sky money in the last few years has went down. You know, and I know that they're only interested in X amount of games. Um, and Sky's been great, so I'm not having a go at them. But I think there's a real opportunity for the clubs to take that in in house and maybe you know generate more revenue than they do at the moment from from uh, broadcasters. Because club TV has got bigger, and I know the Ross Counties, the smaller clubs as well, are now making. I don't know if it's as much or more money rather than the admissions from people paying their £10 to watch when Rangers come to town or Celtic. And look at the club TVs. Barry, I know that uh, I saw you on Rangers TV earlier in the season. They've wanted you on. John, you've been on Celtic TV. And the club TVs were seen as you know, not as good as, let's say, the Skies or whatever, but they've upped the game, haven't they? Well, what they're doing is as well, they're, um, they're bringing in their own pundits, that they're bringing in their own commentators and... You know they're um, you know they're offering opportunities for their ex-players and things like this to come to the ground and speak about the team. And I, I did a game earlier on up at Ross County earlier on in the season. I think Shane Duffy's one of Shane's first games. Mm. Certainly won the game comfortably. I think it was five-one. And I worked for Roy McGregor up there, the the Ross County chairman. It, we had a great day. It was great fun. And as I said, it, it was myself, it was Rory, Stephen Cragen, and we had the opportunity, you know, to go in and. Out with, I do a little bit with Sky, out with Sky and these other BT yep. and all these other companies, you know, they can bring in their own so, so-called, you know, pundits, if you like. 
other people in Scottish football who are going to grab this opportunity though uh, at the SPFL I, I'm sure it's SFA. going to continue Next, yep. I, I'm sure I read that with Sky they're going yep. to let the, the club TVs continue which I think is a great revenue stream for the clubs because it is bringing in much needed cash and I agree with John it's great for I, I've done Rangers TV obviously John's done Celtic TV and there's quite a lot of ex-players who have not done Spot on. media mm-hmm. in the past it's given them an opportunity to come into the club and see the the team that they used to play for, so I'm I'm definitely all for it. Barry, what happens is with Sky, somebody will get a three-year contract and they will do 40, 50 games a season. Mm. Whereas there's a lot of other good pundits out there, but Sky can only appoint three or four to of cover course. all the games. So as Barry was saying, it gives the ex-players who are very knowledgeable yep. on their club and their team an opportunity to go and voice that. But they're not paying as much as they were and they're not doing as many games. No, but I think the standard of the transmission is superb now. Yeah. You know, it yep. used to be a bit ropey, but now watching streaming, watch many games last year, you think you're watching it on TV. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that the guys are right. It has created jobs, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it's got guys who have been in the game, maybe fallen away now, gotten them back in. Some of the guys that are turning up as pundits. And, and I believe that some of the guys that are getting a chance in streaming are now getting looked at by the networks and saying this mm. guy's got something yeah. about him mm. we'll maybe get him on you know and that sort Definitely. of stuff so, well yeah. you're a disruptor you've been involved in business all your life uh, along with Susan uh, it's a phenomenal size of the business you were in football for a wee while as a director at Celtic why would you not go back in and try to affect change there at your old at the club you were with. You stole my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Barry's uh, question. Well, <laughs> it's the easy answer. We've you know got a fantastic structure. It's great to have a billionaire owner. You know, um, I got involved the last time when when the club needed money when in with Fergus. Uh, but you know, why would we? You know, why why would you want to take someone out that's just giving you nine wonderful years out of ten? If that was going to be every decade, you'd be delighted. So, so does Dermot Desmond not get the credit he deserves? I, well, I don't think sometimes he does, but I think uh, you know that Fergus gets a lot of credit for what he'd done, and I was involved in that. But I think that, that Dermot Desmond for what he's done. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. I think definitely that uh, he should get the credit. Okay. Just hearing a bit of breakthroughs come through there. I think from uh, breaking news, there's breakthrough there. I think, I was, I think it was Dermot hacking in there. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was coming. Uh, I would just say that yeah. we we have definitely. Yeah. Okay, keep going, Willie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nothing like getting interference. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Listen, uh, Johnny, listen, thanks for that call. Uh, let's hear from uh, Gary McAllister, has been speaking about Rangers uh, and the Super League. We now know it's gone. And he's been speaking about Gary McAllister, has been speaking about uh, Tavernier and Patterson. Let's hear from well, What a wonderful position for A, the manager and everybody here at the club, you know, to have two outstanding players that play in the same position. Could that evolve? And could that be a little bit of change there? Time will tell. But the beauty is we've got an outstanding youngster and we've got a player whose numbers probably are amongst the best in the world from that area of the pitch. So as a club, we are uber delighted to have two outstanding players in that area of the pitch. You know, there's, there's different formations that you never know they might be able to get the two of them on the pitch at the same time. It's a very happy problem for Rangers. We've sorted out what that was there, Willie. It was a, a rogue uh, phone somewhere. Uh, that yeah. was Desmond. Yeah, I have to apologise. It was my phone. It was, uh, yes, right. <laughs> it was right. Dermot. So the Celtic fans have not been happy this year. They were thinking about 10 in a row. It didn't happen. Rangers, 20 points ahead. They've got no manager. And they're looking to the majority shareholder, billionaire, to produce the answers for them. 
Well, here's hoping in the next few weeks that you know, they come up with those answers. You know, I'm as disappointed as everybody else what happened, but you have to reflect on the long term and obviously having nine years of, you know, unbelievable success, um, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to have a go. But, but back to your question about why would I not, because there's no need. I got involved the last time because the club was in a bit of trouble and I'll get involved the next time when the club's in a bit of trouble. Hopefully that will never happen. You hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, but I don't think yep. Dermot gets the credit. You know, the money that he, you know, he put in, you know, John sitting beside us, we would not have had Seville mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Dermot. You know, he put up 40 million to bring in the big guns mm-hmm. and it worked with a wee bit of, you know, what had happened with Rangers the previous 10 years. So I, I think we should uh, give him a bit more time and here's hoping that he pulls a rabbit out of the hat and we're going to get something that will take us forward again. You're optimistic for Scottish football in the coming years, Willie? Expansion yeah, in, sorry, the Champions League and Europa yeah, League? Definitely. As I said earlier, no, our coefficient is up, so we should make the most of that. And hopefully, again, what happens in football, it's all about cycles. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah. hopefully this cycle will not be too much of a down cycle and we'll come bouncing back. And uh, the men beside you know all about that. Barry Ferguson, John Hartson. Can you believe it's coming up to six o'clock? That's the first hour gone. So, Willie, I think you have to go soon, but uh, we're enjoying it. We've got okay, another few minutes because we've got uh, more questions just after the news. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. So the latest is only Barcelona and Real Madrid have still to say that they're pulling out of that plan for the new European Super League. Everyone else has spoken about it, including Agnelli, the Juventus boss. He was the vice chairman of it. He's conceded it's all over. So it's Barcelona against Real Madrid from now until, what, for the next 23 years. John Hartson, <laughs> Barry Ferguson and Lord Willie Hockey with us here. And Go Radio, Glasgow's news radio station. Thanks to everyone. We've got about 600,000 downloads. Number one download on the station. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for everyone who's listening. We know you've uh, got a choice, but we're on from five every evening, Monday to Friday. We're on at the weekends as well tomorrow night here is going to be Craig Moore with Rob McLean and Simon Donnelly but tonight John Willie and Barry and let's go right on to the lines Paul is on from Glasgow Paul good evening hello how are you doing good thanks you I'm alright mate I'm not bad so yeah you're a Celtic fan I think you've got a question or a, a memory for uh, to share with the panel I just asked, I'd like to ask by John how is it for against Rangers Matt scoring important goals Celtic time at Celtic. What was it like to play and score against Rangers? Barry growling at the moment. Did he score many against you, Barry? <laughs> okay, John, what yeah. was it like? Yep. No, well, first of all, Paul, it, it was it was fantastic to come up and, and join you know a, a club with the volume of support and a global club like Celtic. I had the opportunity to go to Rangers. I failed the medical on my knee. Um, and then six months later I get the chance to, to sign for Celtic I had no allegiances growing up in Wales um, so you know the opportunity having failed initially at Rangers and then got the opportunity to sign under Martin was, was great for me on a personal level and then and then what, what happens is you know you want to get in the team as early as you can I had 
I had a particular hard to, uh, a Sutton and a Larson in front of me, so I had to try and squeeze in between them two uh, in one way or another. I did that. I got the opportunity to play, and then once you get in, you want to play in the big games. And the big games, you know, they don't come bigger than the derby games at the time, the European games. And I was very fortunate against Rangers that I managed to go on a good run. I think I scored the winning goal against them in four consecutive games. Um, all right, John, all right. Well, sorry, Baz, but he wanted to know, so I had to tell him. He probably knows anyway. But no, I had a good run. I had a good run, and obviously, um, they're fantastic games to play in. Of course, the crowds were there then, and, and we were just talking off air that the teams were, were, were quite close at the time, Paul. You know, Rangers had a good team, um, Celtic had a, had a wonderful team as well. And it was nip and tuck. It was Advocate and Martin O'Neill, and then it was it was Martin and Alec McLeish. And you know, I, I think while I was here, um, it was pretty much fifty-fifty in terms of what we won and what we lost. You know, but I enjoyed playing in the big games, Paul, and I enjoyed, of course, you know, scoring in the big game because that's how you then you you adhere yourself to the crowd by scoring and playing well in, against their big rivals. And Barry, such great names there. You were uh, one of them, and and a great respect. Yes, I'll be honest with you, the late 1990s, early 2000s, the, the players that I played with, Arthur Newman's, Ronald De Boers, Craig Moore's, Amarusso's, and then you go on the, the Celtic team, Big John, Larson, Sutton, Thompson, Lennon, Petrov, I mean, you're, you're talking about top quality players there, and the games, the, the games were unbelievable, I mean, it didn't matter what form you were in, well, I mean, while they were speaking off air, we went to Celtic Park. They thumped us six two. The next game, we beat Celtic five one. Yeah, that that's what it was like. It didn't whatever form you were in. It didn't matter. But the games and the quality and the classy player on the pitch was was top level. Is that a day that's gone now in terms of the quality of players that can be bought? In all my time watching Old Firm games, I would say that that was the nearest that the two clubs were when you were going to an Old Firm game and you didn't know who was going to win. Yeah. Yep. You no, know, you could either win easy or got beat easy. Yep. And I think that that was a great thing. I mean, the quality you, you, of those two teams, you could have picked, you know, nearly a world eleven. Yep. Some of the mm. fantastic players that played for both clubs at that time. It was a joy to watch. We always, we always thought we could win. Did you? Because yeah. of the quality we had. Yeah. And, and Barry just reeled off there five or six fantastic players mm. that he played with. So every time, even when we went to Ibrox, you're looking across the dressing room, I've got Larson on my on my left, mm. and I know he's going to make a run. Mm. He's going he's gonna to cut one back to me on the edge of the box. I know Thompson's going to pick me out for a 40, 50-yard pass. Yep. So the trust I had in my teammates, Barry being the same, we always felt we could win whether we were at Celtic Park or we went away to Same Ibrox. for you, Barry. Yep. We were the same, but one thing mm. about Martin O'Neill's Celtic team when we used to go and stand in the tunnel, when you looked across, they were a big physical <laughs> team. We were more a, a technical team, mm. um, but you looked across and they had um, six or seven giants. Um, so you, you had to make sure during that game that physically you were, you were on it because if you weren't, Celtic would run over the top of you. But Barry, that was the first time that Celtic had, you know, in decades that Celtic had right. produced a team like that. Mm -hmm. You know, we were always known for small, agile, good, skillful players. We were never known for a big team and Martin took that to a whole new level. Yep. Good yeah. point. Paul, what was your favourite moment then? Now that you've got John on here, what would you say to him? Favourite moment? Yeah. What was your favourite uh, game against Rangers? The 6-2 that was just mentioned there. And Paul, who would you like to see take over at Celtic? 
Oh, I don't really know, man. Eddie Howe, that's what people are saying. Paul, thanks very much. And for Scott, Paul. Yeah, Paul, for Scott Brown, what would you say to your captain? He's playing, well, we'll find out the teams in a wee while. I'll give you the Rangers team in a moment. But, but Paul, what would you say about Scott Brown and his service? 14 years. Absolute incredible. Absolutely great. Couldn't ask Paul, thanks very much for calling Go Radio. It has been phenomenal. It's unbelievable. We won't see many like him. I think he's improved yep. as, he, as he's got older. Huh? Um, when Celtic first signed him, he was more uh, running about everywhere. As the years went on, he kind of obviously made himself that holding midfield. And I thought he got better. He became a better footballer What's as up? the years went on. I think he. I think he actually grew up again under Brendan. Mm-hmm. I think Brendan, you know, really got him to think mm-hmm. straight, and and obviously I got to know him running his testimonial. Great guy, and and the thing that I'll miss about him more than anything is we could do with somebody with his leadership at the moment. Even if he was not playing, I'm just a wee bit disappointed that he's leaving the setup. You know, I was so, going to ask you, Willie, did you think they would have kept him for another season? Definitely, and you know they could have said to him, it's just a pity that we're changing managers because I think if there was a bit of stability there, the, the manager would definitely be more to try to keep him and say, look, you know, you might play less games, but I want you... Well, they had them before, but when Brendan came, he was taking, I think, the under-18s. Mm-hmm. So he'd started the coaching. I know he's very keen to get his badges and do what he's doing, you know, so... But uh, I want to wish him all the best, you know, and, and I'm sure he'll be a great servant for Aberdeen and hopefully one day he'll be back at Celtic Park, part of the management team. And maybe a two-year deal would have done it for him, but we don't know when the change of manager uh, will be coming. Danny's been on at uh, Go Football Show saying on the European situation, now's the time to end the scandalous four-team entries into the Champions League for the so-called Big Five. Teams like Celtic or Rangers and Ajax have to play three or four qualifying rounds, while Spurs, who haven't won the league in 60 years, as you mentioned earlier, they waltz straight in. Don't think anyone would disagree? Yeah, that, that was always a frustration. I don't know if John felt the same way. Winning your league, you had to go and play back when we were uh, playing it was three games I think it's four games now mm-hmm. yeah. it's you're crazy the other, the other side way as well country. you're back a week or so you get two or three yep. weeks off now and you're back a week into training you try yep. and get some sort of shape or you know in terms of setting your team up and before you know it you're back playing quality your mm-hmm. Champions League qualifiers yep. yeah I think as they're looking at everything one of the things I'd love to see is that the champions of the countries go straight into the second stages they should not play qualifiers let's hope that happens surely it will Uh, some news coming in Kieran Tierney will return in early May so he will be ready for the Euros come back to that in a moment or two we've got the Rangers team news tonight and uh, the manager was saying at the weekend chance to make some changes Barry what are the changes in the Rangers lineup? yes he's made he's made seven changes I'm not surprised um, as you said there Paul he mentioned that after the game um, the one against Celtic he was going to make the changes McLaughlin's come in for McGregor, um, Simpson's come in for Hollander, Hadji, Wright, Roof, and Itton. So he's made seven changes. But if you still look at that team, it's still a strong team. Uh, Tavernier's back in as well um, for Patterson. But if you look at that Rangers team, it's the same formation. It's guys that are used to playing in a certain way. I don't think it'll make much of a difference, if I'm being honest with you. There's still enough quality in that Rangers team to get the three points up at McDermott Park. McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldson, Simpson, Barisic, Kamara, Davis, Hadji, Wright, Roof and Itton. On the bench, McGregor, Bassey, Hillander, Defoe, Kent, Patterson, Aribo, Morelos and Arfield. Up against the league cup holders, St Johnson, who are Clark, 
Kerr, the captain, McCart, Booth, Gordon, Craig, Wotherspoon, McCann, Rooney, May and Melamed. On the bench they've got Parrish, Brown, Tanzer, Bryson, O'Halloran, Kane, Gilmer and Ferguson. They're a team on form as well, St Johnson, but uh, John, I don't think, do you expect Rangers to continue the unbeaten run tonight? Yes, I would think so, quality-wise. Um, remember, St. Johnson of Old really won a cup this yep. season, um, which has been a great achievement for them and a personal note for them. But they'll be competitive. They'll be competitive tonight. They know what's at stake. They can stop Rangers being invincibles, if you like. And um, it's still a strong side Rangers have put out. You look at Goldson, I'm not surprised he's playing again, Barry. He always plays. He never misses games. Balogun alongside him, Holanda, it don't matter. But Goldson is the mainstay, you know. And obviously, you know, Stevens put quality on the bench. Arfield, Morelos, Aribo. Kent, Patterson. So if it's going wrong, you can always change it with the quality he has in reserve. Well, Stephen Gerrard, it's been remarkable. Two tough seasons, did well in Europe, but this season dominating uh, in the league. And for next year with the Champions League, we look forward to seeing Rangers in the Champions League and, and how they're going to play. It's really interesting that John mentions Goldson. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I take somebody like Edward, I think that he has struggled because of no crowd. I think Golson, because he was under pressure the season before, has actually grown because there was no pressure in the crowd. So it's interesting how COVID has affected some players in different ways. But I think, yeah, as you say, that the, the record that Rangers have had this season, um, it's great. I'm just delighted that we've already been invincible, so it's not a title that MD can take away. <laughs> <laughs> just had to get that in. But in terms of Golson, there was always a record to him. He made yeah. a few mistakes last year. That's one thing about him this year. He's, yeah. he's obviously went away and worked hard and yeah. done the, the proper things on the training ground. I've been really impressed with him. A lot of people's gone on about... Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis and rightly so they've been magnificent the two oldest players in the, the Rangers team but he's the one that's impressed me Golson I see I recognise that at, at the weekend actually there was an incident um, I think it was in the first half where he was under real pressure uh, Celtic players were, were closing him down and he had a decision to make whether to roll it back to Alan McGregor but it had to be with the right sort of weight to pass but what he did which was for me um he just cleared it. He put it into Rosette. Now, rather than trying to be clever and look a top, top player, we know we can head it, we know we can pass it, but rather than be a bit naive and possibly make a mistake, he went with a sensible option, just put it into Rosette. Yep, he's defended. Like, Let's get back and, and get back into shape and, and we're not in danger anymore. Yep, you, know? You, you know yourself, first and foremost, you're a defender, you've got to defend. Mm. See, yeah. see if you can play for me, it's a bonus. Mm. And that's something he's... Um, He's changed this yeah. season. He's no he's no taking any chances. If he feel if he feels it's um it could get intercepted or whatever, he's just bang, mm. rosehead and then get back into his shape. That's the biggest thing that's impressed me about him. How much will Celtic need for a rebuild, in your opinion, Willie? What do you think the new manager is gonna need? I know it depends how you spend the money, but ballpark, what do you think? Minimum thirty million. Mm-hmm. Minimum. And that's assuming you get Good money for Edward. That's that's assuming that you're clever in the transfer market as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely think it will take something like that. You know, so um, for the new guy coming in, I hope he's hope he's getting a budget. Yep, surely yeah. the the budget has to be there for. And if you're going to attract an Eddie Howe or whatever, and that they've talked about his backroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. But look at Stephen Gerrard. Look at Brendan Rodgers. Did Martin O'Neill? They bring their own people in. Um, I know we talk about the director of football. But you have to have whoever the guiding mind is in the football department is such an important person. But they need to know they've got money. They're not going to come if there's no budget, are they? 
I think the fans think that we had a, a bad window last year, you know, and I think that obviously we have to write that this year and bring in some quality players. We certainly need that. So I hope if the new manager comes in that he does get a decent budget. I'm sure if we bring in anyone worth his salt that he'll be demanding that. Well, Willie, how do you think they'll they'll play at Celtic? Say, for instance, Eddie Howe comes in and we've also, you've just mentioned there that Celtic will need up to 30 million. There'll be players leaving. You know, we need quality players to come in. We have to respond, obviously, in terms of trying to get the title back. Will it be a situation? We had Paul Lambert on it, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? And Paul Lambert yep. said they've got to hit the ground running. Said like I've got to win. Got got to win in the first season. Got got to go straight away. Well, Eddie Howe. If I'm Eddie Howe, I'm thinking it's such a huge turnaround, mm-hmm. and this team has been together so many years, had loads and loads of success. I'm almost asking for two or three years. How do you expect me to turn this around in, in, in one year? There's so much to do. Rangers have just won the league for by 20 points, by the way. You know, not just, he's not even been close. Yep. So how does Eddie Howe take a job when someone says, you've got to win the league, by the way? I don't think that can possibly happen. I don't, mm. I, I want to ups, I don't want to upset Celtic fans because I'm, I'm one of them. I'm wanting Celtic to bounce yep. back straight oh, away. Your passion, we can hear. Spend the money, yep. you know, bring in quality. But... That's going to be very difficult. See, see if you look at that, the Celtic team that played at Ibrox mm. on Sunday, how many players in that starting 11 are going to be there next season? Mm-hmm. How I many? Think, yeah, I, yeah. Think the, I think Paul's wrong. Right, I don't think that the manager has to win the league next year. We don't, we don't expect him. We'd want the manager to win the league, but I think if we bring in a quality manager, the thing that the, the fans are most upset about this year is, is the lack of competition. Mm. Right, and when I say that we need to spend 30 million, to be honest, you know, I was going to Ibrox two years ago and diehard Rangers fans that were saying to me, go easy with us at half time and yeah. it's fine, whatever. What is, I'm saying they need 30 million. Steven Gerrard's only bought one guy at £7 million. Mm. Right, you know, there's a bit of other few guys at a million or whatever, sure. but that's yep. the only player where Rangers have spent substantial money. So yep. Rangers have, have, have caught themselves by being clever, yeah, being clever. Mm. So what I think's feel for us, John, I don't know what you think, but whether it was Nicky Hamden or whoever, we seem to think it was a good idea to get players that have already been sold for 13 million mm-hmm. that are not making it, yep, right. And we bring them in in loan and we bring them in for a mm-hmm. season, sure, right? too many loans, yeah, right. But 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 the tag was. The fans will accept that because at one time he was 13 of million. Course, yep. Right. That's not working anymore. Yep. We can't do that. Mm. Right. So we bring in good guys that are loans that weren't 13 million tags. Or, you know, think about Burke, think about a Yeti. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep, we could have been cleverer, I think, and got other guys. But I hope that the, the guy the guy coming in, I hope he's a quality manager. Mm. I hope he's given a, and he, will, he should be given time. If we start bringing guys in, Right, unless they're a disaster and we start sacking people after one year, we're, we're never going to get anywhere. It's not going to be that way, no. is it? Before there, you there go, is going yeah. to be a big, uh, it's going to be a big turnaround of players. For but sure. I think mm-hmm. that's what I was asking right. you. You look at that team. How many is going to be there next season? Sure. Callum mm-hmm. McGregor. I think for me, um, I think five, mm-hmm. five would be in my starting lineup. Yeah, five of the guys that are playing. And they are yeah. Turnbull. Well, yeah. I, 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 yeah. well, for okay. me, yeah. McGregor, Adger, Christie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, sorry to interrupt, Willie. I, I has got a year left yeah. on his deal after this I summer. Think, I think he'll get a new deal. I think a new oh, manager right. would do a new right. deal. Yeah. A new yeah. deal. Well, and, and I've so. got to say, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, I think Ayer went back the way a bit. Mm-hmm. Right? I think he's been, to be fair, uh, the upheaval of different centre-halves. 
you know, I think Julian getting injured was a huge loss, and we forgot about that. Yeah. That was a huge loss. We've had so many centre halves in between, and mm-hmm. uh, but I think you know, I, just, I think to be fair, El Yunusi's been a success. Mm-hmm. Right, you know he's, he's he's returning goals for a guy that we brought yep. in alone. I think he would be one of the pluses of the guys we brought in. But I just hope behind the scenes that we're leaving no stone unturned, yep. and that's why we need to get a manager in just now. Mm-hmm. We need yeah. them in right now. We are, or if decisions are getting made just now, the people will not believe that the new manager's making them. <laughs> I'd be concerned slightly. We we mentioned it earlier about agents, because. I as the agent will know that he's running his contract down. Yeah. Is he running his contract down for a reason or c- can they not just agree on a contract and the value and everything else? He's a sought-after, much-wanted player um, and my my worry would be agents saying, well, hold on a minute, Celtic want to give you this within their budget, within their criteria, but by the yeah. way, I can go and get you three or four times that with a club. And also, Celtic will receive a fee because they have 12 months left. John, can I just say that? If someone came to give me good money mm-hmm. for Adja, I'd bite their hand off. You'd take it. I'd bite their hand off. One of our biggest problems has been defending the box. And I have to say that I think Adja's a good defender. I think he's good in the deck. He's good at coming out of the fence, right? But so many times I've seen him try to defend a ball coming into the box. Has been we're going to have to take a very quick break and then we're back just after this. The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5 First goal of the evening At Easter Road Hibs are one up on Livingston That's the first of the goals tonight Rangers in action at 7 At St Johnson Celtic at 7.45 At Petaudry Scott Brown will be there for the last time In the green and white Against Aberdeen Whom he joins In just about what Six weeks time Celtic Four games to go Rangers how many Do they have to go Because the cup Maybe all the way Yep you count All the way There's Barry's prediction No yeah, I, I say course. seven if they, they get to the final. Absolutely, that's. and it probably should be. Quite be respectful of who they've got in the quarter final. St Johnson are a good team, Paul. Uh, of course, it's 2 0. Martin Boyle penalty. And that's good news for the former chief exec of Hibs, Leanne Dempster, joining us now. Good evening, Leanne. Morning, uh, afternoon, guys. How are you getting on? Yeah, good, Hi, thanks. Yeah. Morning. You've obviously been celebrating. <laughs> Congratulations, chief executive of the champions, Queen's Park. Well done, Leanne. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on this evening. Yeah, no, delighted to have uh, tied the t- tied the league up, and I think uh, I think it's actually congrats to the whole league and not just ourselves that we've actually managed to complete the league. If you think about it, um, a really heavy schedule of games, and I think you'll know that at points it looked like we might not even finish. So delighted, really happy last night. That's a great point. It is a it's a it's a triumph to get the the league completed to this stage, given uh, COVID and everything. And last night a draw, you were going for ten in a row wins, which would have been a record, I believe, for the club. Yeah, listen, I was just uh, I wanted we just wanted that point just to get over the line. So of course you always want to win matches, you always want to score goals, but ultimately it's about what the you know it's about getting the it was about getting the league tied up and. I don't think if you were if you had saw the guys last night and how they celebrated, I don't think it mattered how they got it. So delighted for them. Well, as you know, Barry Ferguson's here, John Hartson, they know all about winning titles. And one of your key sponsors, Lord Willie Hockey, is here. Willie, you want to say to Leanne? Yeah, Leanne, well done again. Thanks, thanks, Willie. Yep, it's, uh, it was a great evening last night, and uh, I think uh, just really, really looking forward to the kind of final run in and, and uh, just enjoying the matches. 
big well done to you and all the team I know how the hard work and as you say through the whole Covid regulation things I don't know how you managed to do it but um, and again a big thank you to the league for actually letting the league finish so well done and here's hoping that we can get the, the fans back in for next season Indeed absolutely looking forward to that that would uh, that would just be the cherry on top so I think we will I mean I'm looking forward to seeing, to seeing fans coming back and I think we're moving in that direction certainly with what's happened for the Euros as well so so mm. So quietly confident that we will see them. And Leanne, we spoke to you what about a month ago when you were taking over, and we had some of your plans to be the community club in in Glasgow. And with all the talk about the European breakaway, we know it's not happening. But you would hear them talk about Sheikh Mansour and at Man City and what they wanted to do and the money they've spent in Manchester and invested there. And uh, I'm not saying you're Sheikh Mansour, but you're going to shake it up in Glasgow. And what is your vision? How is that going? to be the community club? I think I said to you, I mean, there's two pillars for us. So the first pillar is obviously what we do on the football field because the foot, because that inspires people both for um, in the men's game and in the women's game. And obviously that's going to get kids and families involved with the club and get kids playing. That's going to be a big pillar of what we do. So the two things that we're interested in is what we do on the field and what we do in the community. And both of them are contingent on each other, really, really important. And for us, it's about just taking steps forward. And we've started that process, so being promoted into the first division, you know, making sure that we make more right decisions than wrong decisions um, will obviously be key. But these are the kind of foundational elements for us. We've got, you know, we've got kind of football matters to decide. You know, build a, uh, you know, build the, the kind of foundations of the team, and I think that inspires what what our kind of local community. And it's going to be a big local community. It's quite a wide local community. We'll obviously go into the kind of local area first, but our plan is to is to is to reach out to as many people in Glasgow as, as we can. And Barry, she's coming out of a division, or her team are, Queen's Park, that you're hoping to get into. You've got the playoff with uh, Brora, or have you? Well, we just need to wait and um, the, the SPFL letting us know. The SFA, it's the SFA tournament, obviously, mm-hmm. ourselves and Brora. Um, and we just need to, we're just waiting on the go-ahead. Um, the game was meant to be this Saturday, mm-hmm. obviously. Breakin, um came out on Monday with a, with a statement. Um, so we're still waiting um, I had a, a long chat with the players last night they understand the main thing for me is Paul that they, they remain focused we've only been back training now 10 days um, I hadn't seen them for 3 months similar to Queen's Park um, I know they come back a bit earlier so they've just been doing their own individual plans um, so it's good just to get them on the training pitch again and hopefully we can get this game going um, and hopefully we've still got to get past Brora Brora had um, a decent result a few weeks back against Hearts so they're a decent outfit so no it's a great story Queen's part I love it I love um, I love just where obviously they went full time and they were under pressure this this season to obviously go up and they've signed a, a few players that I was after at the start of the season um, but I was outpriced for them <laughs> so no, all the best to them and I'm, I'm sure they'll do they'll do well in League One they deserve to win the, the title Leanne higher division and a bigger budget is it for next year but people have been speaking about Queen's Park and the ambition and the investment in your club yeah I mean it's, I think people do talk about that but I think it's around and Willie talked about um, around you know how you use your budget in relation to Celtic I think it's very significant you know obviously it's a different scale but we're in the same position we just have to be clever about how we how we use our budget. But we we try to, I talked about these kind of foundational elements. It's not just about the players. We've got a kind of core support staff and uh, to build in the background. So we're taking that journey. 
So it's not necessarily all about, obviously we want to win all the games, of course we do, we want to get the best players we can, but we also want to invest in some young players and we've got a lot of ambitions for our academy and we want our academy, just to, we want that to be an inspirational thing. Again, I'm going to come back to community because at this minute in time, our club will be built around and what we do in our community and the kids and the families coming to see us and then moving on, moving on from there. So, you know, for me, it's not just about everything that's on the pitch all the time. We need to put some kind of core support staff around the whole club, actually, because we've been amateur and I had been amateur for, for such a long time. And although we geared up from a professional perspective on the pitch, we've got other parts of the club that we need to gear up as well. So it's a bit of a kind of dual plan next year. Um, and stepping up into that league, I mean, it's new for me because obviously... I've been in the Premier League, I've been in the Championship, first division, but everybody talks about this step up. Yeah. So um, we're going to have to be, we're going to be, have to be as organised as we can. And if Ray was on tonight, he'll be telling you that we're, we're working hard to try and get our, our targets um, finalised because I want us to be, I want us to be ready and organised because our first game's back, guys. Like you, as you know, I'm not far away. First weekend, first and second weekend, July. Yep. And Lesser Hamden, how is that coming on? The reconstruction there for you? Yeah, we've got we've, the plans at Leicester are kind of are progressing. There's been a there's been a, a, a kind of pause and a stall for for legal reasons that we're just dealing with at the minute. But Leicester's our home, and it will be our home going forward. Um, it, you know, it will absolutely be a fantastic stadium, very fit for the purposes that we need it. But we're also looking at other things too, because the, if you're looking at participation um, in terms of what we want to do to build the club, we're going to need other places for the kids to play. So we're reaching out into the community. We're reaching it out into our friends at. Um, you know, locally to see you know how we can expand that that opportunity and to be honest I've had lots of really great feedback and great offers too so um, it's an, it's a really exciting time and that Queen's part is just kind of even for me guys right because it's kind of flown under the radar in recent yep. years and in, mm-hmm. in the last a year eighteen months and when I took the job at Queen's Park and I, I did say a few people actually think I've got the best job in Scottish football and people kind of looked at me screwed their face up a bit and thought mm-hmm. now they're looking and saying. You know what? Actually, um, what an interesting club! It's fantastic heritage, fantastic history, opportunity. It's not quite a clean sheet of paper because I wouldn't be so disrespectful to the Queen's Park supporters that have been out there supporting the club, you know, all their life. But we've got a, we've got the opportunity to really, you know, we can we can test and maybe do a little. You know, we can be a bit nimble on our feet and try things that others perhaps can't without the pressure of you know the kind of boot on the throat of you know. Mm-hmm. Promotion, promotion, etc., etc. So no, it's 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 positive times. Hopefully, John, we want to see young players, boys and girls, coming through at Queens Park, and and we want you, Ferguson's, Hartson's playing. Yeah, well, that's right. You know, you you, you want to have a have a strong academy, have a strong system, um, give youngsters a chance, especially locally as well. But I was going to say there, Leanne, you know, you've had a fantastic season, really. Queens Park, they've. You know, you you played eighteen and won fifteen of them and, and not lost. You know, you you've cruised in terms of winning the league. Going into the, the the league one now, obviously stepping up a level. You know, I know the supporters will probably want you, maybe expect you to push on and push on. But there's got to be a, a a bit of a balance. There's got to be a situation where you say to the fans, keep them realistic about things and say it's all about stabilising now. It's all about holding on to your best players, adding one or two. You know, and and that's probably the way. Are you thinking like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's that balance, isn't it? Because you want to keep that momentum going, and mm-hmm. obviously, every game you go in, you want you want to win those matches. But coming back to that kind of foundational element, 
the decisions that we make in the next year to two years will decide the club that we're going to be for the next 20 or 30, I think, right? So we can either chase promotion, you know, and you'll go up into the championship. And let's let's be honest, the championship is again another step up from, mm. from League One. Um, you're getting into a, a much more full-time, I know we're full-time, but everybody more, more over than not full-time in, in the mm. championships. So I want to make sure each at each step that we take, um, it's been that kind of foundational element so that when we eventually do, and let's not, we're playing in a competitive sport, so you always want to win things, you always want to go through the leagues. I'd be, I wouldn't be telling you the truth if I didn't have aspirations for us to do things like that, but we need to do it at, at a pace that yeah. allows us to succeed in the future and not just crumble and be promoted. Sure. And then, I don't want to get promoted and relegated, promoted and relegated, that's mm. just no good. Paul, uh, uh, Leanne, just to come in, I, I think a lot of credit must go to the committee and the chairman, the, you know, both Jerry Crawley and David Hunter, for uh, the bold step after over 150 years of being an amateur club to take that step, a step to become professional. And obviously, in the first phase, it's paid off for them. So I think that the fans of uh, Queen's Park should be very, very pleased that they had a committee who are willing to do that and, and hats off to them. Absolutely, I would absolutely. That's a great point, Molly. I'd, I'd support that because, and they've been they've been really supportive of me um, um, in my time, so four months or so at the club. But you know, and they they uh, they had that vision, um, and obviously, I think the pyramid and the pyramid opening helped everybody kind of make that decision. But it just, it, I think, it felt at the, at the right time for Queen's Park. And then, if you look at it, the kind of where it is, the opportunities. Um, that were presenting itself and let's be honest I mean I think the game in Scotland there's a good feeling around the game in Scotland and there has been for a while even sort of before Covid and I think we all want to enhance the game and I think Queen's Park amateur and professional um, want to be part of kind of raising, raising the tide for everybody so hopefully we can we can play our part Can I just tell you Mother will have gone one up at uh, Hamilton and Hughes Ronan Hughes has been sent off for the Ackies in 33 minutes O'Hara Scoring for Motherwell in the Derby. Hibs are still two up. And Willie, it's an exciting time. I mean, you're obviously a Celtic supporter, but great affection and you are helping to back Queen's Park there as a major sponsor. Yeah, obviously, um, Queen's Park is my local team. Yeah. I was I was brought up in the shadow of Hamden Park. I Were you played, on the books there? I played for Queen's yeah. Park, yeah. Played, what position, Willie? Uh, well, at that time, I think I was a tricky left winger. No, but uh, I, I actually won a cup competition with the, with the Queens, with the Colts, with the, the junior team. Before it's, your time, Leanne. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And uh, but I think from the the thing that excites me about my involvement there in sponsoring and helping is all about the academy, right? So mm. you know, it's great that Queens Park will do well when we've got the leagues, whatever. You know, up the, this first league. But for me to to get in about the community where I live and I've worked in uh, all my life. Um, to, if we can get three thousand kids playing football every week, I will be absolutely delighted. And for me, you know that that'll be as good as as any promotion or winning any game with the first team. Great, Leanne. Obviously, socially distanced. I don't know when you're going to have a celebration, but the club it's a special time for you, and we wish you all the very best. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks, Leanne Dempster, joining us there, the Chief Executive of Queen's Park. Willie, before you go, and I know you do have to go, um, what's your final thought then in the last 72 hours? Uh, and what I take from what you've been saying today is the amount of debt. I didn't realise it was over £7 billion with the major clubs. They need to get back on a, a level playing field, but they realise fans are so important. 
hundred percent. And and we'll talk about the finance in football. I don't know if any of you guys seen it today. Look at Man City, the success of Man City last year, the money into Man City, the money that they got for being up league, all the T V money. They lost hundred and forty four million pounds. Right. So this is not sustainable. Right, even you know, even if you're the mayor in Abu Dhabi, mm. right, you just don't want to be fought now and just keep money in. So we have to get a model where the pyramid works. You know, back to the way when the money always, you know, yeah. tripled sure. down. I, I, I thought one of the things years ago that I thought kind of stymied the, the the accelerator a wee bit is when we when when we started the pro league for the kids. Mm. When we used to have a pyramid system with the juniors, we'd give them a few quid, then you could play. We knew exactly what happened. You went from amateur football to ju- juvenile football to junior. And I think when the clubs tried to, I understand why they did it. They wanted to coach the kids better, all of that. But I think when we interrupted the pyramid way back then, I had a you know there was a, a fault. And I'd also like to make a point as well. I think it's really important. I don't think people have worked out in the UK yet the effect that Brexit is going to have in bringing foreign players into the UK. And I think there's going to be a big, big opportunity for homegrown players in the next 10 years that it's not been there in the last 20 years. So I think it's vital that clubs, you know, have, you know, good academies, however they're doing, we're trying to grow our own kids. And hopefully that that's the experiment that we're, we're trying with uh, Queen's Park. No, nothing beats seeing a young kid come through the system I, yeah. I, I, I was lucky enough to do it myself um, at Rangers and obviously just lately you've seen the emergency young Nathan Patterson yeah. who for me looks a, a future star a future Scotland star and well he's right the way they're, they're going about it at Queen's Park getting the kids starting a, a youth system that, that, that's what it's all about I mean Queen's Park produced Andy Robertson yeah. Scotland mm-hmm. captain um, so they've got history so I no, I just love I love whether it's Rangers, whether it's any team in Scotland. I just love seeing young boys mm. break through into the first team. Willie, thanks very much. Will you join us again? I certainly will. In the future, thanks to great, the guys. Great to get that love the show. Love the show. Thanks very much. Thank you. Lord Willie Hockey joining us on the programme this afternoon. We're back in a moment. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Quick couple of hours here on the Go Radio Football Show, Monday to Friday. Barry Ferguson, John Hartson, and Willie Hockey has been with us too. And loads of your calls coming in. But let's find out the latest news. Hibs are, stu- t- are still two up. And that's uh, coming up to half-time there against Livy. And Motherwell are still one up at Hamilton. Hamilton down to ten men. Uh, the Celtic team news is in. Celtic are Bain. Taylor is in for Laxal. Uh, Beton is in. Brown the captain. So he plays against uh, what's going to be his new club, Aberdeen. Turnbull, Kenny, Christie, Edward, Elianusi, McGregor and Welsh. On the bench, Hazard, Griffiths, Sorrow, Rogic, Murray, Montgomery, Ralston, uh, Young Dembele and Laxal. And for Aberdeen Woods, the reserve keeper who came on at the weekend, Hoban, Considine the captain, Henry, McGinn, Hayes, Ferguson, Camberry, Campbell, Kennedy and McCrory. What do you make up uh, of the, what do you make of the lineup? John Hartson, no real Surprises, I suppose they would change it a bit tonight. Not, not really. Um, you know, you, you look at it, and Taylor starts instead of Laxalt, who didn't have the best of games at the weekend. Taylor come on at half time. Scott Brown plays, which is no surprise. He'll skip of the team. Turnbull will probably uh, play. You know, maybe they might play a diamond with um, you know with with McGregor on the left and and um, and Christie on the right with uh, Elianusi off Edouard that's pretty much the same system yeah. the same formation as what played at the weekend against Rangers but it's a strong team it's a team that uh, you know that uh, should 
be enough for now Aberdeen will be buoyed you know boy, uh, Brown in the team for Celtic you know so new manager as well Stephen Glass yep. up against Celtic so all to play for really um, but as I said n- no big sh- no big shocks in no the shocks. Celtic team for me Sean a Celtic fan is on the line from Edinburgh good evening Sean Stephen how are you guys yeah good thanks you what are you thinking for tonight you hear the team news yeah I heard that I, was, I think I was like, the people were sort of question of should Brown be in the team and I don't think that's even question. I think he should be in the team regardless I think obviously yeah. what he brings to the team is brilliant obviously I think he's not played I read Michael Stroop was saying he doesn't play a lot of many games he's better when he does play because he's got fresher legs I think that is true but I think when he does play too many games he, he sort of see but I think he should be in the team regardless I don't think he should be a question I think he should be in the team yep. himself, like he's, well he certainly is tonight so Sean what else are you thinking? Uh, I just I'm still a bit I'm still a bit confused as to, I, I was shocked that he, 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 he wants to leave Celtic to go to Aberdeen Aye. but at the same time I can see the opportunity that's it but you know I would, I would have been good from the States so I think, well, that's just me speaking as a Celtic fan but that's a bit gutting for him to go because you just question how the team will be when he does leave but you know other people are thinking Celtic will be fine but I don't know what John or that thinks about mm. that you know, when he does leave Well I I think, Sean, it's unique, really, to spend 14 years at a football club yeah. now. You know, players don't... It, that's not that's not normal, but during that time, Scott's been so successful. His, his trophy hall is absolutely incredible. Um, and he, he, not so much what he brings on the playing field, but what he brings as well around the training ground and um, his presence and his leadership. You know, Brendan Rodgers... Mm-hmm. I said himself that you know he invited Scott Brown round for dinner and his first trip to Glasgow because he wanted to get his captain on board. He knew that he was going to have to rely on Scott Brown, uh, not so much rely on him, but he knew he could rely on him. He just wanted to build that relationship early on, almost saying to him, "Look, you're going to be my mainstay. You're going to be the captain of the team." And I think every Celtic fan, a lot of Celtic fans, should I say, out there are are probably still grieving over the fact that he won't be at Celtic next season. But that's the reality now. I think, you know, like everything else, Scott is a one-off. You know, you look, we were just talking about John Gregg at Rangers. We are talking about Billy McNeil. These guys, all right, Scott hasn't got the European success, although he's record European appearance holder. Not won a European trophy as, as such like these other guys I've mentioned. But in terms of his commitment to the shirt and the club, 14 years, 10 league titles... You know, um, and you might never ever replace him, but clubs evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, players move on, players come through, players come through the academy. Celtic might sign a superstar, you know, but all I would say is, you know, I, I've been a massive admirer of him, but he's made a decision, you know, whichever way you want to look at it, he is leaving the club. Yeah, I, I think you've just got to respect Scott yeah. Brown's decision. It's ending an era, he's probably looked at it. As John just mentioned there, 14 years, his trophy haul's been exceptional. And Celtic were late in offering him a contract, they only offered him a year. Aberdeen gave him the two year and he's at an age where he's thinking to himself, well, it's a bit of security. I know it's money doesn't come into it because he's done really well yeah, out the game, sure. but there's also a coaching opportunity there. And knowing you've wanted for two years might have made a difference. Yep, and yeah. he's an ex-teammate of Stephen Glass mm. as well, so that probably helped. Um, so look I think the Celtic fans look the people I speak to respect his decision but in terms of the the team tonight I had no doubt that John Kennedy was going to play him he's the captain he's a leader um, and he'll show true professionalism what's your scoreline for tonight Barry what do you reckon well I look at that Celtic team and it's look 
Strong It's a strong Celtic team So I expect Celtic to win the game To win Aberdeen winning at the weekend But they uh, They made it tough didn't they Went to the penalties yeah. And Aberdeen got yeah. Under United haven't they yep. On Sunday so That's a big Derby. game for mm-hmm. them as well I mean, I've not yep. seen the Aberdeen team yep. But I, Listen You have to fancy Celtic um, Yep But again you know, Aberdeen always make it difficult up there and Sean what do you reckon Scoreline tonight yeah, I think it'll be two 0 for, for for us for Celtic today. I think it's just like we should win. I think you know we've got a good mm-hmm. Johnson, we've got a good side out, and I think we'll I think we'll win. Well, I hope we'll win, but yeah, I think I, I can see it being two 0 to Celtic. Sean, thanks very much Take for care, Sean, calling. All the best. We're running out of time. We want to look at the other games. You're both going for Celtic. Barry Rangers then for those just tuning in the Rangers lineup. We've got McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldson, Simpson is in, Barisic, Kamara, Davis playing yet again. Mm. I'm just thinking of the 36 years. Hadji, Wright, Roof, Etans. Well, well if you think in terms of Stephen Davis, you think I think it was seven or eight weeks ago, the game against Hamilton at Hamilton. Um, yep. It was one each, and he left Ryan Jack and Stephen Davis out, and he said in his interview after the game, Paul, that he won't make that mistake again. But listen, Davis, uh, Stevie, Stevie Davis has been exceptional this year. Look, he looks after himself, and look, he wouldn't have he, he wouldn't have played them if he didn't think he would he'd be able to produce another top performance. But he's he's made seven changes tonight. Is it a risk? I don't think so. I still look at that Rangers team, Paul, and they've still got enough quality um, to win the game. Goals in it? Do you think? But two or three or St. no? Johnson's I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be tight. They're um, so organised, aren't yeah, they? St. And, and Callum yeah. Davison's got a, a well organised um, team there. Some real good players as well. But I think it could be two-one Rangers. But two Rangers one. will get the three points. John, what do you think tonight? Well, a lot of the players that come in, you know, Haji. Right roof, mm-hmm. it's in. They'll all be fresh. They, mm-hmm. They'll all be wanting to go in and, and put a marker down and and uh, hopefully play more of a role in, in Rangers' run to the end of the season, if whether they get to the the, uh, the cup final or not. Um, so I fancy Rangers. I think they'll be they'll be strong. And and again, it's interesting that the the way it's fell really, and uh, playing St Johnson back to back. It's a pity that isn't it. Barry mm. was saying Monday he didn't like playing. Know. No, 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 no. you're no. the same. Yeah, and he has to play, pick two different sides, obviously, and mix it up. And he wants to give players game time. You know, who'd be a manager? But no, I I I fancy Rangers to be too strong. Today. Who'd be a manager? Maybe John Hartson. A few jobs <laughs> have become available. The Forfer job. Uh, yeah, no. I see Aloha Peter Grant has gone from there be great to see John back in management if that's what he wants to do yeah listen he's a um, fantastic cre- uh, career as a player uh, he knows the game inside out yeah. so we, we need more guys like that back in the game for me I, I think John will agree with me I think there's too many mm. ex-players that have got a lot to give mm. football that are out of the game just now John you would, you'd like the chance again <coughs> well, you, you helped it, at Livingston I know yeah I did yep. a little bit at Livingston obviously with David Opkin and mm. um and um, Davy Martindale was there as well. Davy was great, really infectious coach. Mm. Now he obviously, you know, he uh, manages the team now, and uh, they've had a really good season. A little bit with Chris Coleman, with the assistant manager of Wales as well at national yeah. level. So, listen, you know, I'd like to have a go at it. I'm 46 years of age. You know, the Never. media. I've done yeah. 10, 12 years in the media. I've done all the big shows. I've had 
deals yep. and things with the media. So I might just have to change tax. So. Mind you, we're enjoying you here in Go Radio in Glasgow's news. I can't we don't want to lose you. On the odd, yeah. on the odd show. Don't <laughs> worry, you've not lost me. Excellent. Only one minute remaining. Hamilton, can they come back against Motherwell? Or just, they're one up at the moment, Motherwell, against the 10 man Hamilton? I think I know the that, answer. That is, that is a, yeah. that is a, it's a, going to be a, a tough woeful, one. That's a woeful result as well. If Hamilton, yeah. bottom yeah. of the league, lose that one. Not um, good down tonight. to 10 men as well. Yep. yep. So. so it's 1 0 Motherwell at the moment. Hibs are two up and Livy. I think uh, nobody would uh, bet no. against uh, Hibs on that one. Kilmarnock, Dundee United, Barry, what do you reckon? I think Kilmarnock need to get three points because mm. they're, they're in a dogfight with uh, Ross County and Hamilton. Mm. Uh, so it's a big, this is a big, big game for Kilmarnock. Um, and again, the big players over the last couple of weeks have produced Kyle Lafferty mm. and, and yep. Chris Burke. So I think I think Kilmarnock will get the three points tonight. And John, could you give us a scoreline for Ross County, St Mirren? Again, Big Yogi needs the Big points. Big Yogi, yes, Mirren, yep. I think I'm going to go for a dull 1-1. A 1-1. OK, we'll see. Jim joined us last week. Uh, he's going to be doing the kilt walk this weekend. So are you, Barry? I'll be doing it too. Raising for uh, whichever charity you want. And Sir Tom Hunter is going to add Brilliant. 50%. And I can tell you, we haven't told he's people yet. He's fantastic, Tom Hunter, well, isn't he? Do you know there's two million in already? Plus Tom's million. Yep. Text him this morning, Tom, can we have a million? So that's three million already for over a thousand charities. Tom, can we have a million? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the charities, and uh, well, that's what he wants to do. Listen, what? But, but we've got to invite Willie Hockey back on again. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. that was great brilliant tonight, to wasn't him. it? Yeah, Especially. And, and brilliant. Yeah. Listen, we were, we're speaking um, off air about it. Just humble guy. Yeah, humble guy. Nice man. So well. John, thanks so much for joining us. Barry, we'll see you again on Friday. John next week, hopefully. Coming up next, Jokal Day tomorrow night. Rob will be here with Simon Donnelly and Craig Moore at five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. it It was unbelievable. We saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.